The Long Box Crusade presents... Action Film Face-Off. This episode is 1985 versus 2001. Two films enter. One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Welcome back, everybody, to Action Film Face-Off, the show where two random years are selected, and my brother will bring an action film from one of those random years, while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of this episode, but let me introduce one of your hosts, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. Pop goes the weasel, go the weasel, go. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, indeed. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are number one, the story. Number two, the overall spectacle. Number three, the best action scene. Number four, the hero. And number five, the villain. And then there will be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from this film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. So let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Thank you, Jason. Before our two films enter the Video Dome Arena, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, which is theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. They get early access to special long box episodes. They get newsletters. They get entered in for free stuff on our YouTube raffles. It's, just, it's a good deal. Just trust me. Hey, if you don't trust us, go ahead and ask who is our last winner? Toronto Cop. Ask Toronto Cop. He'll tell you. Toronto cop and sean urbanski they both won some stuff so let's thank these fine folks who are reaping those benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show thank you for being a friend we'll now kick it off with bill beer blast it or stash it bob buster braxton underwood dave collins the wizard's a crazy old man gene Hendricks, i the collector ivor evans joe thomas John and Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ronald Went. Ross Michaud. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Steve Cronin, the Barbarian. Timmy. Toronto Cop, and you get the honor, sir. Paul Heeks. Paul Heeks has joined the crusade. Thank you, Paul. I think he pledged uh, three or four koala pelts per month. I don't know what the exchange rate is. I think it's two koala pelts to a wallabuckaroo. Ah, 
Okay, so we'll get the math worked out, but thanks for joining the Crusade poll. And if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon. But no worries, you can let us know by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. Frankly, Pat would probably appreciate someone sending him an email, and we'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member, eh, Jason? Are you asking yourself this? I've been asking myself this for however many episodes we've been doing this. But I will ask again, Mm -hmm. how do I become a Crusaders Club member? You can't. You are barred from the club. But for everyone else, it is quite simple. Just head over to Patreon.com, collect your free Sky Striker, and search for long... What? (laughs) Not valid in all areas. Subject. You gotta put their club card in the little cockpit of the Sky Striker when you mail it. Anyways, you go to Patreon.com, you search Longbox Crusade for as little as one buck a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Come check it out. We got the finances out of the way. Let's get back to it. Let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film gladiators about to battle for your pleasure. This episode, I was assigned the year of 1985, and what a glorious year that was. Mm-hmm. And I have selected Commando starring Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something before we even get into the discussion. This is one of those few movies that Jason and I had on VHS when we were in Germany, so we watched it over and over and over and over. Oh, I hear the steel drum. I hear the steel drum. Anyways, what did the randomizer select for you? Well, I got 2001, so I'm putting into our video dome arena the one starring Jet Li and Jet Li. Oh, well, we got to find matchup, folks. So it's important to point out this isn't Jared versus Jason. We each had to select from our assigned year. So I might like his film better than mine or vice versa. This is all about us discussing some beloved action films, coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion. Spoiler warning, there's not a lot of plot twists in these movies, but if you haven't seen them, watch Commando, watch The One. I mean, they're both like 90-minute flicks, okay? Not a long time. Not a huge time investment. No! So, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a chance to pause here, go watch 1985's Commando, 2001's The One. We'll be here when you get back. Now, aren't you glad you watched that? They're both good. We wouldn't lie to you. Nope. We're not picking clunkers here, folks. No, we're not. We might on a future episode just for fun. But for now, (laughs) we're not. (laughs) Sometimes we take a blind stab at it. Yep. We blind stab three the hard way. We blind stab Sorcerer. I don't regret watching either of those films. Me neither. But you know what? We're not here to talk about three the hard way. We're not here to talk about the Sorcerer. We're here to talk about 1985's Commando. So let me start talking. But first, let's listen to the trailer. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow... Someone's gonna pay. Do you think that he is going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Hasta luego, fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. 
tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you think you did. I lied. survive he's the man for the job arnold schwarzenegger commando let's party all right makes me want to watch it again right now <laughs> let's talk cast and crew obviously it's arnold schwarzenegger it's a very young maybe her breakthrough performance for Alyssa milano we got some ray don chong it's directed by mark lester okay hold on hold on just a second arnold schwarzenegger impression from the movie you want to put a knife in me Good. Alyssa milano daddy ray don chong and then he starts shooting at me <laughs> I just, I laugh because it really put me in my, I swear you're using the same impression voice as you did for Edward Furlong at T2. <laughs> She's going to blow him away. <laughs> uh, you know, you might be right. That was good though. I, that was excellent. I'm very proud of the synopsis I wrote for this one, Jason. I'm reading it right now. I think that's probably the best tagline I've ever seen for a movie. As always, we do a quick synopsis for those of you that didn't take advantage of your pause to watch the movies. Here's the synopsis on Commando. A bunch of idiots think it's a good idea to kidnap the daughter of one of the world's top military badasses in an attempt to force said badass into assassinating a South American president. There's a synopsis. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work out for him. Wasn't a good idea. No, it's not a good idea. All right, let's do some trivia. Nugget number one, the writer on this film is Joseph Loeb III, better known as Jeff Loeb. You might know him as the creator of some comic books like Batman the Long Halloween, Batman Superman, Batman Hush, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, and tons more. Oh, you don't read comics? Well, he's been a showrunner on successful TV shows like Smallville, Heroes, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, and Iron Fist. This guy is awesome. He's been around. And this was like his big break. Before this, he had written Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox. Not bad. Where the fox plays the wolf. All right. Trivia 2. A Commando sequel was written in 1986, but Arnold wasn't interested in playing Matrix again. So the script was reworked and John Matrix became John McClane and Die Hard was born. Oh, wow. I didn't know there was that connection there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Pop, pop, pop. And trivia number three. Does that mansion that Matrix storms at the end of the film look familiar? Well, it's the same exact one that Axel Foley attacks at the end of Beverly Hills Cop. But of course, Arnold was trying to rescue his daughter, whose name was Jenny, and Axel was trying to rescue his friend, whose name was Jenny. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I guess. I think if they would have put it in Forrest Gump, there would have been Circle is Complete. <laughs> That's right. That mansion that they use for both movies, it's actually in California somewhere, but apparently they like to go there and shoot that place up. I'll pass it to you, my friend. All right, and I will give you fine folks the rundown on 2001's The One. 
The people have found you guilty of 123 counts of first-degree murder and 123 counts of unauthorized travel to parallel universes. There's never been anything like what I have become. For these crimes, you have been sentenced to life without the possibility of return. Are you ready? Are you? he could be going not a problem what if there was a killer traveling through parallel universes and he looked just like you the good news is you're not crazy the bad news before i saw him i felt him it was me what if he would stop at nothing to take over your world each time he kills one of you the energy divides among the survivors Close to you, lost strength. Maybe it's part of what's been going on with you. When people get older, Gabe, they don't get stronger. They don't get faster all of a sudden. If we kill him, this whole universe could go with him. I just need to do it one more time. No! This is the only way to stop him. My own design. Yeah, that'll work too. The crew included Jet Li, Carla Gugino, Delroy Lindo, and Jason Statham. It was directed by James Wong. In the near future, we discover that there are 123 parallel dimensions. Gabriel Ulaw is an interdimensional police officer who discovers that by killing his parallel identities, he becomes stronger and faster. Determined to be the one, he has only one obstacle left, his parallel identity Gabe Law on our world. Law is a dedicated L.A. cop and has found himself getting mysteriously stronger and faster as well. Pursued by interdimensional cops, Law and Eula are on a martial arts field collision course to find out who will be the one. And for a little bit of trivia, the movie was originally supposed to star Dwayne Johnson, but was recast with Jet Li after Johnson left to play the Scorpion King and The Mummy Returns. Hmm. In the fight scenes where Law and Yula fight, Jet Li was paired with a stuntman with a similar build. The stuntman wore a green mask so that Lee's face could be digitally rendered onto the body. And finally, Jet Li used two distinct fighting styles, one for Law and one for Yula. For Law, he used what is loosely translated as eight trigums palm, and for Eulaw, he used mind form fist. I actually noticed that, the two different styles. I thought that was clever. Yeah, I, I noticed the two different styles, particularly when they were, there was that montage of the two of them, like, rehearsing or doing their meditation mm-hmm. exercises. Mm-hmm. I didn't know which ones they were or what they were called until I looked it up later. Yep, indeed. And now that we have the basics, on today's contestants. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
I know I'm pumped up, so let's get into round one. Round one is a story. How engaging is a story? How original is a story? Jason, give me your thoughts on the story of Commando. I know it's multi-layered. I know it's <laughs> subtle. I know it's very character. Just give us me your thoughts on Commando. What a complex plot. Lots of ins and outs, as the dude would say. <laughs> uh, now, you summed it up nicely in your... Uh... In your summary, it's a simplistic plot. Man rescued his kidnapped daughter. It's very 80s, very black and white. Villains are very villainous. Hero is very heroic. The one thing that really kind of detracted me from the story, and I've gotten lost in this many a time, is like time moves in mysterious ways mm. in this story. So, for example, they put Arnold Schwarzenegger on a jet airplane to get to this place where he's got to kill this political president, I guess. Mm -hmm. Flight's 11 hours. Yep. Apparently, if I fly there from a seaplane, it's two hours. <laughs> See, I've got an answer for this. I have an answer for this. If I take a boat, it's like 45 minutes. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Why do they put them on the plane, seaplane or the boat? I, that <laughs> I have thought about this for a long time, Jason, for years. Mm -hmm. So I was watching this movie with a weather eye, and this is what I figured out. This might blow your mind. Okay. The plane that he's flying on, you know, the commercial airliner where he's flying to wherever, it's going to this country where he's supposed to kill the president. That's not the same place. Where they take the seaplane. I figured that too, but I mean, even assuming that like, this island is a staging area for the coup that's supposed to happen after the president's killed, I mean, it's got to be pretty close by. It, but see, right? it's not. See, the, I figured out the country is way down there in South America, and the island is literally just off the coast of California. Well, that's a dumb plan, Jared. <laughs> That's why we have a deduction round. <laughs> okay. All right. I will be silent. I was just doing like, wait, what? How did the boat no, get I, there before the seaplane? I hear you. I hear you because it's bothered me for years too. And then I had to realize, oh, that plane's going to a different place that maybe the plot is more complex than we thought. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like four hours have passed by the time he leaves the jet airliner and takes the seaplane. Mm -hmm. The main bad guys, Bennett, and the rest of the guys left by that boat. They're like chilling, having popcorn on the island like 45 minutes later. Like, what kind of boat did you take <laughs> to beat the seaplane? Are you familiar with Thunderball? <laughs> Largo's hydrofoil boat. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's, that's all what I it was. Say. They were now moving, that, now. now, you're right about that. You're right. I didn't think about the boat versus the seat. That's interesting. Yeah, I was just scratching my head. I was like, there's some time variability around this island or something. <laughs> a black hole or something. But anyway, I've talked enough. What were your opinions of the story? Oh, I've tipped my cards. It's super simple. Cookie cutter as cookie cutter gets. What saves it? I mean, not that it needed saved. Simple's not bad. But what makes it better is, you know, Arnold's performance, the quippy one-liners, some standout performances with some supporting roles. A lot of the guys that are bad guys in the movie mm -hmm. are strangely likable. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're good guys. You don't root for them, but they have really neat personalities, you know, from yeah, yeah. the guy who was a Green Beret. Bill Duke. Well, Thank that's you. the actor. Thank you, Bill Duke. The little Weasley guy that he hung off <laughs> on the edge of the cliff. <laughs> Sully. 
Sully, uh, thank you. You're so much better at these character <laughs> names than me. Sully and Bill Duke. And then, of course, Bennett. They all have this really weird charm about them. And I think that's what really makes the story pop a little bit. I'm not going to argue with you there. I think they had a very good uh, little mini rogues gallery going on there. They did. And you know what? I'm going to drop an extra trivia bomb for you. You know that part where he dangles Sully off the cliff? Hold yeah. him up by one arm. The director, Mark Lester, was like, I, I want this to play really well in the theater. So can you go ahead and just really dangle him? Like, do it yourself? <laughs> Arnold was like, what? <laughs> I know I'm strong, but you can't hold a grown man by his ankle upside down with one arm. It's impossible. <laughs> I'd be a little nervous if I was that actor playing Solly, too, man. <laughs> So, yes, there's a crane involved. But, yeah, that's pretty funny that Mark Lester legitimately thought Schwarzenegger could hold a grown man with one arm. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But enough of my shenanigans. Let's get to the one. What did you think of the story? Well, as you know, I nicknamed it Chilander. Seemed, uh... (laughs) Chilander. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Well, it's like, because they used it, there can be only one, you know. (laughs) And he's trying to kill off all the other ones, just like Highlander. Anyway, I thought there's some Highlander uh, inspiration there. I thought overall it was an interesting sci-fi story. I liked the parallel worlds. I thought they did that really well. That was cool how they used like alternate reality news clips and uniforms and weapons and things like that. I like the black hole bridges. I thought that effect was cool. Overall, it's just a cool concept of Jet Li being both the hero and the villain. That was fun. I'll pick it up from there and say I completely agree. I think it's a fun sci-fi tale. I saw it as a mixture of The Matrix and Highlander. Really only Matrixy, I guess, because of the effects. The plot isn't terribly similar. But I think they had a one in that movie, too. <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. But I watched it with my son, Jordan. He's 13. And Jordan said, this really reminds me of The Matrix. And I was like, well, son, it's 2001. <laughs> the Matrix was a big hit in 1999. <laughs> so in, a lot of movies are going to start doing some of that sort of slower time enhanced effects stuff. But I thought they did it pretty darn well. So I think it's a pretty... Maybe not a super creative story, but fairly creative story. Yeah. So, and I think you'll see that in my scores. And speaking of which, what time is it? Time to score. So, talk to me about Commando on a scale of 1 to 10. And as a reminder to our listeners, if we give it a 5, that means it's average. It means it's okay. It does its job. 5 is average. So, that's your barometer is set. Jason, what'd you got? Well, it was pretty average, like we said. I mean, not a whole lot of twists and turns. A pretty predictable cookie-cutter story, but I'd give it a 6. Well, surprise, surprise, right out of the gate. I gave it a six as well. (laughs) I do think it's a very cookie cutter story, but done with just a little more panache than the rest. So I gave it a bump up and it lands on a six for me too. Pretty easy for me to score this one. And I mean, I don't mean to say that it's a bad movie because sometimes, you know, you need the story to get out of the way. No, it's not a bad movie, but it's not terribly creative, but it's fun to watch. It is. So the one scale of one to 10, what are you going to score it on the story? I gave that one a little bit better. I liked what they tried to do with it. Some of it hit, some of it missed. Honestly, I think I was a little more interested in Jason Statham and Delroy Lindo's characters a little bit more than I was the hero. So I'm going to give this one a seven. Here on Action Film Mirror Off, I also gave it a seven. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I had a feeling you were going to be a little more lenient towards no, it. like you said, some of it hit, some of it missed. Overall, I liked it. I thought it was a little bit better than average. Uh, a little bit better than Commando, so I gave it a 7 too. So your law and my you law are right in sync here in this dimension. 
right. That's it for my round. So that brings us to the end of round one. And for round two, we're going to talk a little bit about the hero. Get over here! How cool is the hero? What kind of supporting cast did he have? That type of thing. So I have a feeling maybe Schwarzenegger might do all right here, but let's see what Jared has to say. What do you think about the hero from Commando? The hero from Commando, much like the story, is cookie cutter. It's cookie cutter 80s Schwarzenegger hero. And that is a 100% compliment. (laughs) So you're going to see a high score from me here because it's so just definitive Schwarzenegger of the 80s. This is the time where Schwarzenegger and Stallone are just battling at the box office. Commando, Rambo, Terminator, and Rocky. And I mean, it's just all muscle-fueled 1980s. Reagan on top. The world is just flock of seagulls. It's everything you want. (laughs) And I love it. So look for a high score for me on this one, and I'll see what you have to say. I agree 110%. This is Schwarzenegger in his prime. I love the physical presence, the deadpan humor. This is vintage Arnie right here. I will say he looked like, as far as his unit was concerned, from what we saw of him, he was the only one hitting the gym. Uh, Oh, that unit. I thought you meant when he was rowing the boat and you could see his unit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's at full attention, too. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, his unit had let themselves go a bit, you know. Yeah. I was like, he needed to enforce a little more uh, PT in that that unit there, Arnie. I think talking a little bit about the co-stars there, I thought Alyssa Milano did a really good job as his daughter. She's very likable. Uh, I want to piggyback on that for a second, because let's be honest, as we've talked about in previous episodes, a lot of times kids, teenage girls ruin movies. Not Uh the case on this one. No, no, she does a really good job. And then uh, Radon Chong, I mean, if she's been saving some space on her mantle for that Academy Award, you know, she could put a vase of flowers or something (laughs) there. But she was likable, too. I thought she did a serviceable job in the film. So I, I thought overall, on the hero side of the, the equation, it's pretty solid. Tinker. You got some good heroes over there in The One as well. What would you think about the heroes in The One? I like them all. Like you said, the dynamic of Delroy Lindo's character and Jason Statham's character may have been the most interesting dynamic. In fact, I think that we're going to see a little suffering in this category because like we mentioned on last episode, when we talked about Demolition Man, your villain actually outshined your hero in that one, but not by much. Here, I thought the villain, it's still Jet Li, but his portrayal of the villain was much more captivating and much more layered because he hadn't started out as a villain. He started out as a dimension cop Uh who kind of fell into this and it spiraled out of control. And that's an interesting story. The true hero, the good version of himself, which I think is just Gabe Law, Uh is frankly a little bit boring. He's not that interesting. He gets a little more interesting at the end after he kind of loses it. After spoiler alert, you should have taken our warning and watched the dang movies. After his wife dies, he gets a little we more interesting. Uh, he gets more interesting after her death, but still nowhere near as layered as the backstory of Eula and the other two dimensional policemen. That's my thought. What do you got? Yeah, I think you covered everything that I wanted to say. I was, I'd love, still love to see a movie that had Eula and Delroy Lindo's story, like a prequel mm-hmm. about that. I think that would have been cool. I struggled. I struggled to think like, you know, it's Jet Li. I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. But I couldn't really think of anything that's to say, except I thought that he did a good job of merging some Eastern philosophy into a Western culture. I thought that. 
that was kind of cool. I liked his apartment. I liked his meditation. I liked his martial arts. And I liked the relationship between he and his wife. I thought that was good as well. So, I mean, there is some good stuff there, but I'm with you 110%. I was much more interested in the villain here. Awesome. And I agree with that you agree with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you I, concur in my concurrence. I concur with your concurrence. I do want to point out, too, that I think this is very early in his burgeoning career for Statham. I felt like he was very underused. Uh, I agree. I don't know that he had had a breakout, you know, sort of transporter action film by this point. But if you're a Statham fan, you love to see him do his amazing martial arts as well. You're not going to see it in this film. Actually, you saw more Delroy Lindo or Delroy Lindo's stunt double. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, well, that's not Delroy Lindo. <laughs> but yeah, that could have helped bumped up the hero side of the score. But he just went, he just went unused, but. Anyway, I'll stop talking. All right. Well, then let's score them. What did you give for Arnie in Commando? I gave Arnie in Commando an eight just because it's a classic 80s iconic performance. It's an eight from me. What about you? Once again, we are lockstep. I, <laughs> I thought, you know, this is one of his better ones, not his best, saving his best for like Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah, this was solid. What about The One? The One didn't fare so well in The Hero. Okay, but don't take it personal, Mr. Lee. I know Jet Li listens to the show. Uh, we're trying to get him on the Crusaders Club. Come A dollar a month, Jet I was going to say, come on, a dollar a month, Jet. Come on. Give it up. So don't feel bad when I tell you that you got a six as the hero. I pretty much guarantee you you're going to get a better score as the villain. So I gave it a six. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, we are lockstep again. I gave him a six as well. And, and yeah, I, I found the villain much more compelling. There you have it. We're two rounds in, and Jason and I have had the exact same scores for both movies. We've warned you, folks. This is what happens when you grow up watching movies together in the same house. All right, that's the end of round two. I'm going to take us into round three, where we're going to talk about the villain. Nobody's bitch. So how cool is this villain? How menacing is this villain? How entertaining is this villain? got a bit of a menagerie of villains to go with on commando so what you got well i thought for the most part they were pretty bargain basement <laughs> villains i mean there was like a whole bunch of dudes in uniforms and serious question was that actor that played the guy that was going to overthrow the president was that the same guy that played carlos husband in cheers dan hadea i think is his name he's a uh -huh. character actor shows up in a lot of stuff and i think you're my spider sense says yes i don't know that for sure but i'm really leaning towards yes i remember seeing him in like alien four and joe versus the volcano he's a character actor just pops up here and there and everywhere in the 80s i think you're right <laughs> well at any rate i thought he was kind of cool at first i wrote down bennett's really the only notable villain here but then i was like oh wait solly was kind of charming too in a you know u2 movement <laughs> kind of way <laughs> uh, he had tenacity like nobody's business he's like hey baby she's like god dang it man it's like <laughs> Chasing me all over town. Did you change your mind? No. Did you change your mind? No. Did you change your mind? no. How about now? <laughs> How about now? And he was like oozing with confidence as he strike it out all over the place. <laughs> you kind of like a guy who he's strikes like, out left and right and just doesn't phase him. What? <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm gonna try again. <laughs> oh, pause the show. Verified. Carla's husband. <laughs> I just kept seeing him and just thinking, like, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> we belong together, Carla. <laughs> 
any rate. I'm I, sorry. Back to your villain menagerie thoughts. So Sully was cool. And then I was like, oh, crap, Bill Duke, man. I love Bill Duke. But just kind of a side note here. that I, I actually met, uh, oh, it's Vernon. What's his last name? Played Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, it's Vernon something that starts with an M, I think. I might have made that up, too. <laughs> I'm all over the map today. Vernon Wells. It's, if you flip the M upside down, it's a double. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah, Vernon Wells. I met him at Tacoma Comic Con. He was a really nice guy. He shared some little facts with me. Number one, I always thought that was like a chainmail armor. Oh, I know. Sure. But he informed me now it's like it's a knitted. They used it like in World War One in the boiler rooms. Sailors did because it's flame retardant and it traps in your moisture and it kind of helps keep folks cool, actually. You know, I and think what we're seeing there is you and I were watching it on like a dub dub copy of VHS. <laughs> so yeah, I we, think so. We thought it was chainmail our whole lives. And I have to chip this into Jordan. Again, my 13 year old, uh, we were watching Commando. I allowed him to watch it and let him step up to the big leagues. Because it only has a brief booby scene. And he had me dying because he spotted that immediately. He goes, is that knitted? Did his grandmother knit that for him before he <laughs> left on this mission? <laughs> I was dying. And what's bad is our friend Kevin over here, he's a big Commando fan. And so he went as Halloween one time. He too thought it was like a chain mail. So like all year long, he was popping the tops off of soda cans. Yes. And he like literally knitted himself together a chain mail. And then he cut his hair to look like Bennett and wore the muscle shirt. It actually looked pretty legit. <laughs> All He's that got, work and he could have just knitted himself. <laughs> he could have just got a sweater, yeah. I will say when I watched it on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, that is a sweater. Yep, yep. I noticed a lot more there. But at any rate, I digress there. I think the villains were actually pretty good. I, I kind of went in kind of negative, but then as I thought about it and went through the scenes in my head, I was like, they were good. You know, I don't have much to add except I kind of feel bad for the black dude on the plane that got killed in like 1.2 seconds. <laughs> yeah, dead tired. <laughs> Just left him there. Like, oh, man. But no, you've, you've said it all. I'm not even going to keep going. I'm with you all the way on the menagerie of villains. So uh, let's head over to the one and talk about Jet Li again as the bad guy. What do you think, man? Well, like we said earlier, I think it looked like Lee was just having more fun playing the villain than he was really the straight cop. I thought Eula's motivations and interests that were really interesting. It was kind of a compelling character. And I, I'm with you. I was like, oh, I'd like to kind of go back and see, like, how did that first kill occur? And then how, you know, when did he realize that he'd become stronger and faster and smarter? You know, when did he make that decision? Like, let's just go all in and just start wasting all of them. There just were a lot of compelling questions that I would have liked to see answered. I thought Lee played Eula with a lot of menace. And just this kind of really interesting amorality that I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's about it. I think that the villain was, was a little stronger than the hero, even though they're played by the same dude. I already gave you my cards earlier. I just thought, same as you, he was more layered. I would have liked to have seen how he had taken the path down to darkness. I was more interested in his story than Gabe Law. Your eyes were just drawn to him when he was on the screen. Even in their final battle, you're kind of like, eh. I kind of want to see what happens if he becomes the one. You know, they were like, will he implode? Will he explode? Or will he become a god? Or will all the worlds just implode? What What's going to happen? I, yeah, I was really curious, too. Let's score it. What about the menagerie of villains in Commando? Jason, one to ten. What do you got? 
Well, I will admit I originally scored this one a six, and then I thought about it and thought about it. I was like, you just got Bill Duke in it. How am I going to get this a six? So I landed on a seven. I did the same thing as you, except I didn't think about it, so I landed on a six. (laughs) (laughs) So we have separation, people. Hey, we're starting to separate a little bit. One point of separation there. I gave it a six. I thought they were above average. Of course, average is a five, but no one was real standout. They're all a little better than average, so as a group, it was pretty good, but I, I ended on a six the one jet lee playing the bad guy what you got one to ten well if musical genius joe november was here he'd probably scored a 7.5 uh-huh. i landed on a seven i'm struggling hard between seven and eight but i i'm gonna land on seven and all is right with the world once again because i also scored it a seven <laughs> <laughs> It's close, man. It was it was close. It's we, knocking on an eight. We are back on track. It is knocking on an eight, but it's a, I've given him strong seven, same as you. All right. So that'll take us into round four, the overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? The stunts, the effects, the cinematography, locations, all that good stuff. Jared. Hmm. Overall spectacle for Commando. What are you thinking? Uh, It's got a lot of that 80s action spectacle. There's a lot of fun things to look at. Doesn't give me a ton of things I've never seen before. Although, when I did watch the movie, Jordan and his 13-year-old cousin, Eric, were at the house. And I said, Jordan, Eric, come out here. We're going to watch Commando. And they were like, oh. And I was like, listen, he's going to throw a saw blade. He's going to cut off part of a guy's head. (laughs) And from that moment, they were in. And he delivered. That, you know, that was unique. I had never seen that before. But aside from that, the vast majority of your action is fairly cookie cutter 80s action, but done with a little bit of panache. So decent score coming from me. What do you think? Yeah, I thought overall it was good, like, race against time with, like, little uh, action vignettes in there that culminates into a ridiculous shootout. It's kind of like Fourth of July fireworks. It's like pop, pop. So I like I like that aspect of it. Reminded me of Fourth of July. I thought the audio effects were really good. I like the bullet flying scenes. I like the bone crunching fist fight sound effects. The massive explosions. I thought those were all pretty cool. So yeah, I think it's going to get a decent score from me. Let's talk about the one for a minute. What do you think about the spectacle there? Man, there's a lot to see in there. There's a lot of neat effects, hyper-realistic, souped-up battles for the, you know, when Gabe Law and U-Law are amped up, you know, because they have all that power. Yeah. There's neat spectacle, like you mentioned earlier, when they time jump, or I guess it's not time jumping, it's dimension jumping. There's a lot of great martial arts involved in it, although not for Jason Statham. Uh, There's a few shootouts. There's a couple of chase things that happen. So there's a lot to see, and a lot of it's well executed. And I'll just pass it back to you. Well, yeah, we talked a little bit about it. I think there is obviously a heavy reliance on the post-90s visual effects, a la The Matrix. Mm -hmm. And I thought that they relied on it too much, and it didn't hold up in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, there was some of that. We talked about it in Blade. We talked about it in Brotherhood of the Wolf. That late 90s, early 2000s CGI that just jumps out at you now. Yeah, it really stands out like a sore thumb in some places. And I thought the action scenes were really good when they relied on the physical effects and the physical abilities of Jet Li and Delroy Lindo or whoever Delroy Lindo's stunt (laughs) double was. It started losing me when they relied too much on the visual computer effects. I did like, I thought that the action sets were paced nicely. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't get bored, but I didn't get like overwhelmed. I think they did a nice job of weaving story, a little character development, and action scenes. I thought they did a decent job of that. I'd say that's fair. And like Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> it's it's hard to describe, but I still think, listeners, if you haven't seen the one of these two movies, that's probably the one you haven't seen. It's worth watching. Yeah, it is really cool. Let's score it. Commando. Spectacle. What's your score? I'm going with a seven, and it's a solid seven. That's exactly what I scored it as well. <laughs> this is going to be our most matched episode ever. Were you cheating off of me? Were you cheating off of me? <laughs> so a, a total between Jason and I, we've 14 scores recorded, 13 of the 14 match, if that makes sense. No, 12 of the 14 match. That makes more sense. You minus it. <laughs> you minus it, Jared. <laughs> There's a lot of matching going on. It's all you need to know. Well, speaking of matching, let's see if we can keep the streak alive. What did you give the score for Spectacle for the one? I bumped it up a little higher than Commando and gave it an eight. Oh, see, this is where we're differentiated here. I went the other way. I went down and gave it a six. Oh, well, you know, this might work itself out because I might have something to say about it in the deduction round. Oh, okay. All right. I just felt as though, I guess I kind of prefer the old school physical acting that you get from Commando. You know, for example, I really like the very end of the one where he's on that prison planet. Yeah, I am you law. And he just like starts laying into fools. And that's like, wait, don't pull out. I want to see more of this. (laughs) That's kind of more what I wanted to see was stuff like that. I mean, Jet Li from, let's say, Unleashed, which... God, I can't wait till that movie shows up on Action Film Face Off. I love Unleashed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's raw. It's raw and physical. You know, I I hear you. I gave him an eight on Spectacle because I factored in a lot of the sci-fi elements and things like that. So it's it's the eight that I pretty much gave him for ambition. But, you know, we'll revisit some of the downfalls in the deduction round. Sounds good. I think that clears me of Spectacle. I think that brings you into round five. All right. Let's do round five. Put the knife away. And shut your mouth. Round five is best action scene. If you're on action film face-off, you better have a good action film scene. So, Jason, tell me about the final assault on the island. Because <laughs> I just think that's where we're going for our favorite action scene in Commando. But I'm happy to be wrong. Did you go final assault on the island? Are you going to zig and zag on me? No, we're going right to that island. Okay, part we're of me thought right. you might go with that fist fight with Duke in the hotel room. That was good. but That the, was good. That was the good. final assault on the island. I mean, it, you talk about it. Let's see. What do we have here? We've got that great montage of Arnie, like, gearing up. Like, yes. Whoosh, 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 Face whoosh. paint. But, knife. Yeah. Grenades. Pistol. Yeah. Shotgun. Man went to Speedo to all about the business, man. <laughs> Scene for the ladies, followed mm-hmm. up by scene for the fellas. All right, ladies, you are released. It's time for the gentlemen now. <laughs> and so he goes in there. He's blasting assault rifles. He's blasting shotguns. He's got an Uzi. He's got pistols. Somehow finds, like, garden tools, grenades, knives, an M60 laying around somewhere. That he. It's just, like, every weapon they could possibly put in his hands he uses. 
It's fantastic. What do you think? I'm right there with you. And maybe it's a cheat, but I consider the assault on the island to start the minute the first explosion goes off and in the minute that ventilated gas is coming through a pipe that is sticking in Bennett. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it all happens like in, within that sequence. Yeah, knife fights, gun fights. Jumping around, shooting shotgun. You said it all. It's just a smorgasbord of violence and gunplay and knife play, 80s style. I don't need the gun, John. <laughs> I don't need the gun. I'm going to kill you now. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> I got to tell you, Jordan's favorite line. It was also my favorite line. Now put the knife away and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Little piss-ass soldiers make me laugh when they try to talk tough. <laughs> Matrix is here. He laughed too. Jordan and I are now living for the moment where we catch one or the other of us in the kitchen making a sandwich with the peanut butter on the knife and <laughs> put the knife away and shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's amazing. It's fun to watch. It's pure 80s goodness just oozing from your television screen into your eyeballs. Can't go wrong. Yeah, a little bit of trivia there, too. When I talked to uh, Vernon Wells, a.k.a. Bennett, he informed me that he actually broke his arm during the filming of that fight scene and so had to finish it up with a broken arm. That's how man's man right there if he finished that's, with a broken arm. That's how they rolled in the 80s. You hear me, Daniel Craig? Get back on set. Yeah. <laughs> Go put the little uh, pregnancy onesie away and get yourself back on set. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, let's go over to the one had a couple of good scenes to pick from i'm interested to see where you go on this there was a couple that i was kind of bouncing back and forth i think i well i don't think i know i landed on the final fight between you law and gabe there at the i don't know what that was like a smelter or some sort of factory plant once again it's a great fight till they rely too heavily on the visual effects but what really got me i really like that effect of the sparks when that thing mm. started like sparks and he's walking through that shower of sparks, and he's looking all badass. That's good. good. That, that was legit right there. So that's what I took. What did you think? <sighs> I was completely 50-50 on two scenes, so I'm cheating, and I'm going to take the one that you didn't take. Okay. Opening scene. When he comes busting out of that vent and just, you know, let the bodies hit the floor, and you get to see the first time that he's, like, super-powered and fast, and everyone's moving slow, and he's moving fast, and your jaw's just like, what is happening right now? He's, like, kicking people up in the air, and then kicking them again <laughs> yes. while they're in the air, and yeah. sending them shattering through windows and stuff. Yes, oh, like, what a way to start a movie. I won't say it's as strong as, like, Blade's Bloodbath start, because that's a straight-up 10 all day long. Uh -huh. It's not going to get a 10. I'll tell you that right now. But it was a strong start. It's an attention grabber. Great little soundtrack. Although, as a side note, I thought they did the, you know, the Hot Topic soundtrack a little too much throughout the whole They movie. They really did. Yeah. They started getting old. Very, very 2001. But, you know, we're not here talking about soundtrack. It's not soundtrack film face, huh? And we're talking about the action scene. And so, again, seriously, though, I'm completely 50-50. I like the last battle scene as well. It's just very distracting to me when you have that, like Van Damme, I think, did it in Double Impact, when you have the character playing both sides of the fight. I feel like I can't enjoy the fight. I feel like I'm constantly looking like trying to catch the stuntman. And yeah. To look at what angle they did it at so they could get away with this and that. And I'm not absorbed into the fight. And so I think that's its only drawback. 
they did a good job at least of differentiating from who is who this time when they had him like the one tied off his onesie there or whatever it was. But I hear what you're saying. I too look like, oh, who's the who's the stuntman here? Yeah. And you mentioned it, I think, up in your trivias. The thing I did like about it is they also made it somewhat easy to decide who was who in that battle because they're fighting styles. I thought that was very clever to use two very different, one very aggressive fighting style for the villain and one more graceful for the hero. I thought that was clever. Yeah, they said that the the one that you law the villain used was definitely more of a direct line, relies heavily on punches, direct line punches, and the one that Gabe Law the the hero uses is more of a, a circular mm-hmm. motion where you where there's more defensive and circular kind of in out type of motion. So I thought that was interesting. Very much so, yes. I guess it's time to score these things. It is, yeah. All right, final assault on the island. I suspect you liked it a little more than I did. Reveal your score, sir. Well, it's getting a nostalgia bump here. Like you said, it's got a lot of goodness, not a lot of stuff that we haven't seen before. But to me, it's very iconic, and it takes me back to being a teenager and loving these movies. So I gave it an eight. Yep, just a slight bump from me. I gave it a seven. So we're not far apart. Okay. We're in the ballpark. All right, I decided upon the opening scene. You picked the final fight. I think we got the bases covered for the two best scenes. What'd you give yours? This one I gave a little bit lower for all the reasons I've mentioned. Too heavy use of CGI and too little use of just straight up. I want to see more gently martial art badness. Did I say what I gave it? I, I gave it a seven. Seven, okay. <laughs> Which is funny because I gave Commando a seven. You gave it an eight. You gave the one a seven and I gave it an eight. <laughs> this might be a close. <laughs> this might be a close. We might have to call musical genius Joe November to get get him in here. It's <laughs> a Patreon help. In this Ooh, decision. This is going to be tight like a tiger, ladies and gentlemen. So here we are. Uh, that's it. We've got sevens and eights across the board for the best action scene. And Jason, do your thing that people love that you do so well. Deduce. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you do deduce? I deduct. <laughs> I minus it, Jerry. You minus it. I minus it. Catch you f***ers at a bad time. All right, deductions. Commando, I'm taking away one point because that scene where he goes to the Army surplus store, <laughs> I may not take this off because you've actually worked at like a gun shop. Right. Now, I'm 99.9% certain they don't have rocket launchers and grenades to claim more mines in the gun shop. Listen, I worked at a gun store and an army surplus store in the great state of Alabama. And if any place <laughs> is going to have we're going to have it, we, we would have it. This dude is in California. I'm surprised they had bullets in that store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little overstocked, Jason, and it bothers the crap. I know it's not my deduction. This is your deduction. We'll get to mine in a second. <laughs> but I, it bothers the crap out of me that he takes those two flippers, which aren't laying around with any other flippers, by the way. They're laying off by themselves. It's not like the flipper section. Doesn't check the size, throws them in the buggy. And he never uses them. Never uses them. Anyway, this is around, not mine. So you got minus one for the surplus store. Yeah, it looks like my minus one for the surplus store is going to stand. And then I've got another one. Same scene. Mm-mm. So how are the cops going to, like, not handcuff him? <laughs> they just let him stride right out, arms all free. I'm like, this dude's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was 85. 
Yeah, yeah right back. Just, they put him in this police wagon, but they don't. They never handcuff him. I was like, no way. There's no way he's getting out of there not handcuffed. So anyway, minus two points for me. Well, ironically enough, I also have a two point deduction for Commando One. Surprise! This one got by you, Jason. Oh, that's all right. Your brother's here to pick up the slack. Jason and I are both combat trained people. What bugs us in a lot of '80s movies, and let's talk about maybe the way they shoot their guns. Okay, I guess number one is like the reloading. Yes, like his belt. That it, his belt fed M60 would grow and shrink and grow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's when he's firing that M16 one handed, it had like eight hundred rounds in it. Mm, yes. But I'm, but I'm really calling it on those hip shots, man. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, though. I mean, the 80s were big on those, too. It's like, well, they want to show how big the bicep is. So they like, OK, we'll fire this M60 one handed from the hip so we could really show off those muscles. And yeah, you're not hitting anything, man. <laughs> you hit a dang thing. No, he, he'd have been dead. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of hip shooting. But what's funny is I also noticed that there's a lot of hip shooting from Arnold and some villains. But some of the villains, like a 50-50 of the cannon fodder guys, are actually moving with real tactics. You know, with actually putting the butt of the rifle in their shoulder, aiming down the sights type of deal. So I'm like, I guess some of these extras must have maybe served in the military or something. Because half of them are doing it legit and half of them are just willy-nilly well it's funny because you know yeah if you've served you could look and say okay that guy's had military training that guy's had military. that guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing <laughs> he's making it up yeah yeah and uh arnie's making it up he's making it up yeah i got the other minus one i have is for the self-healing porsche uh it's always bugged me when he dangles Sully off the ledge and they take Sully's car and the whole left side's all crunched up and then the next time you see the car, it's pristine again. Yeah, I guess that's true too. It's bugged me. Sorry, I'm that guy. Minus one. So we both deducted two. And then, why am I, this is your road. This is your round. (laughs) (laughs) So we both deduct two. And how many are you deducting from the one? (laughs) I am going to deduct minus one from the one for outdated CGI. So it was kind of funny that we had that round where I went just a little higher than you, but I ended up taking the point off in the deduction round because of the outdated CGI. And I feel bad every time we do it because, you know, they were doing the best they could with what they had, but maybe there's a lesson here in being too ambitious. I don't know. It's just hard to go back. Yeah, I remember a long time ago when we were anxiously awaiting the prequels from Star Wars and George Lucas is like, I got to wait till the effects get to a better place and say what you will about the prequels. It was wise for him to wait for the effects to get better. I suppose. I like the original effects, but, you know, I'm old, so. (laughs) Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. (laughs) I mean, just look at me. I'm old. Uh, Um, What what are your deductions? I didn't take any deductions off. I figured those into the score. I deducted it right from the spectacle point. That's fair. I left it alone. All right, well, that is it for our six rounds of battle. Now, don't worry about the math, folks, because we here at Action Film Face Off do that for you. And Jason? Yes? For the first time ever on Action Film Face Off. No way. Way. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a 66 to 66 tie between Commando and the one. This is like the end of Rocky, where they're just standing there, both beaten, none of them ready to go down. Man, I have a plan, though. All right, folks, we have a straight-up tie. 66 to 66. Commando versus the one. I have with me in here, Jordan, son of the art sale artist. He watched both films with me. 
You get the deciding vote, Jordan. Who wins this episode of Action Film Face-Off? Oh, no. It's been a brutal brawl. I'm going to have to give it to... Commando. Uh, it's Commando. Oh, Commando. Kevin Ian knows. Jordan, would you like to expand upon it? Any reason Any reason why? Uh, I didn't know. Good job, Jordan. It George. was just good. It was good. <laughs> it had Arnold Schwarzenegger. It did have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let me ask you this. What was your favorite part? Whenever he went through that yard and shot everyone. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Way to go. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Bye. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> Wow. We had to go to our tiebreaker. Had to go to our tiebreaker. Peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. I probably edited it out by now, but I tried to call musical genius Joe November because only he can split those hairs <laughs> that can be split on the Long Box Crusade Network. We didn't answer his phone. So uh, my brother Jason had the brilliant idea. He said, hey, you know, you watch both movies with Jordan. Let him make the call. So there you go. We could have just probably saved like an hour of everybody's time. <laughs> just, just <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll release two versions. <laughs> one where it just cuts to the chase. Jordan, which one did you like best? <laughs> well, that, was, that, that was fun. Congratulations to Commando. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for the next episode. My brother Jared will be pulling a film from... Choose Your Destiny. Twenty eighteen. Oh man. I gotta jump in here real quick and let you know we're about to pull that randomizer one more time. But it's not gonna be for Jason this time. The Crusaders Club members have spoken, but we're gonna be doing mix 'em ups month, which means Jason has been fired from Action Film Face Off. What? Uh, good news is you've got rehired over at Transformers Chronicles. Okay. So if you go check out an upcoming episode of Transformers Chronicles, you will hear Jason instead of Delvin. And next episode of Action Film Face Off, we're going to have a guest. Mr. Delvin the Dark Web Williams is going to be here. So Jason, pick that man a year. Run that randomizer. And the randomizer has selected... Choose your destiny. What will those films be? We'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. Dave? Battle Wagon. Or you can tune in next episode to find out. Until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull Albrick, and you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find me, Jared Albrick, the Yard Sale Artist, aka Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist. That's Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, maybe some other social media platform I've never heard of. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much all your finer podcatchers. Or you can check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. And if you'd like to send us a question or a comment, you can do that by hitting us up on social media at AFFO Podcast. Yeah, we got our own Twitter feed. And we're like less than 100 followers, so, you know, come follow us, man. I'm looking at it right now. We just started our account a few weeks ago. We only have 46 followers. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger killed more than 46 followers on that island. <laughs> but yeah, we are at AFFO Podcast. So, you know, give us a follow. Give us a comment. I tell you what, we love it when you guys comment about the bouts. Whether it's an upcoming bout or one that we just posted. Maybe you agree with us. You don't agree. People get passionate about these things. And that's cool. We're totally okay if you don't agree with us. We just love to hear your passion. So hit us up with that stuff, man. We'd love to hear it. But yes, we are at AFFO Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook or Instagram. And we're still, you know, relying on the other guys. It's Longbox Crusade there. But come visit us on Twitter. We're the coolest. <laughs> we're so cool. <laughs> and if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff, we gave away like, I don't know, what was it 25 free comic books on the last one? At least. Yeah. 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 We give away free Maybe. stuff. I think there's a movie thrown in, a decal. There's a lot of stuff. Yes, we did give away some DVDs, some decals, some comic books. All this free stuff is available on our live raffles, and we do that on YouTube. Call it Doing It Live Stream, and we do them on the second Sunday of every month, and they kick off at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Okay, that's Central Time, 3.30 p.m., second Sunday of every month. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. Guys, we love chatting with people on the show, so please stop by the live streams. We like doing it. We're going to do it whether you're there or not because we love doing it, but man. Yeah. Four of us will just talk to each other. Right? That's right. But when y'all get involved, it gives us more things to talk about. We spin off on topics. I mean, we give away free stuff to people that stop by, so I mean, it's worth your while. But that is it. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening, and until next episode, keep your head down. And Delvin, keep your knuckles up. From the finest pedigree, find a legacy. Got all my opponents never see me. Gather up components and gladiator. I'm rolling the mad ass sailor. I'm only the knowing from my poems. I'm like, oh, like December when I get with your November. I'm a rapper solo in the club with no members. Oh no, I stay with that Iron Man. The intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J O S E F L I N 99. You will not regret it. Well, all right. Edit this turn page in out here. You're learning. <laughs> yeah. We're close on this one. <laughs> we are. All right. I scored Commando a 32 and you scored it a 34 for a total of 66. All right. 13, 20, 26. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Are we tied? Yes. We both scored the one the exact same. Wait, yep, the exact same score for 33, which is 66. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I wasn't sure, but in my head, I was like, this is really close. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I've got, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I'm making a telephone call to the one man who could get us through a time like this. So, Pat? We want to trust Pat with this. Yeah. Is it your son? I'd trust your son. We might. If this doesn't work, we will. Come on, answer. 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 Come on, man. Damn you. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Joe Thomas. It's not available. <laughs> Let's call him musical genius Joe November, because only he can split these hairs. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts shooting at me. She's going to blow him away. <laughs>